The following is a Poppy Chulo Radio original program. The views and opinions expressed in the commentaries and or interviews in the following program are solely those of the individuals and are not views of Poppy Chulo Radio, its parent, affiliate, or subsidiary companies. Welcome to Are You Afraid? Double Feature, Part 1, Red Tide, brought to you by KPCD 666 Cape Radio, a com original series, Papichula Radio, celebrating a decade of podcasting excellence. Today is Thursday, September 23rd, 2021, and I'm your host, Jeffrey Arruz. During this podcast, we'll be having an in-depth discussion on FX's American Horror Story Double Feature. Please welcome my co-hosts. Madison Fitzpatrick. Hello, everybody. Welcome back. Odina Gonzalez. Hi, everybody. Priscilla Rocha. Hey, everyone. And Vinny Hatcher. Hi, my name is Vinny, and I'm an alcohol. Oh, wait, hi. Wrong meeting. All right. <laughs> Although we are gluttons for punishment here. So maybe we should start some sort of self-help group. Support. Yes. Okay, everyone, let's jump into our recap of Season 10, Episode 6, which was titled Winter Kills, and aired September 22nd, 2021. Here's the official synopsis of the episode. Ursula devises a sinister plan. The gardeners write their final act. Yes, all that did happen. And yet so much more. So let's talk about it. Uh, the internet is confused about what we watched last night. Not just because of the content, but because it's the end of Red Tide. Some people were like, is this the season finale? There were only six episodes. And a lot of people are confused, much like Maddie Fitz was at the start of the season when she messaged me. And she was like, so is this actually called Double Feature? Because she was, she was confused. <laughs> right, Maddie Fitz? Oh, hell yeah. I was so confused. I did not understand anything. <laughs> yes. Um, she's also Canadian, so that might be, there's like a little um, language barrier there. Oh, but, come on. <laughs> but, uh, I know, right? But, uh, so this is the end of the Red Tide arc. We have four more episodes. It's called Death Valley, starting next week. Stay tuned for that. I haven't told my co-host this, so they're in for a surprise. So, are you ready for a surprise? Always. Okay. Yep. We will be grading Red Tide at the end of the podcast. So if you haven't thought of a letter grade for <laughs> Red Tide, start thinking about a letter grade. Um, we usually wait to do that until the season finale because, you know, season finale, give a letter grade. It's tradition here on Poppy Chula Radio. But because Red Tide is, is over, I figured might as well give a letter grade for Red Tide and then we will give a letter grade for um, Death Valley. So yes, we will be doing an MVP. We will be giving a rating for this episode, numerical one. And then we will be giving a letter grade for the Red Tide story. Bum, bum, bum. 
I love a twist. Is that partially because you know it's going to be June? I have no idea because you cut yourself before you finished. <laughs> oh, I said, is that because you, you know it's going to be juicy? Oh, it is going to be juicy, I feel. There was a whole lot of juice in this episode. Lizzo practically <laughs> The juicy sweatpants are coming back. Yeah. Okay, so... This episode was interesting. It was basically two stories in one. We got the end of Red Tide, and we had basically an epilogue for the second half of the episode... Listen, I'll be honest, and I never try to sort of give my opinion at the very start of a podcast, but I'll say this. I found the episode disappointing. I will say this, though, as well. I thought the first half of the episode was better than the epilogue. I have, well, slight lie. I was about to say I have no idea how my co-hosts feel, but I do actually know how one of my co-hosts feels about it. Um, but, uh, for the most part, I don't know how everyone else feels about it. The internet was interesting. I did read some comments under, re- like, recaps and stuff. Some people liked it, some people didn't. Uh, so, stay tuned, listeners. We're gonna, we're, it's gonna be fascinating. That's all I'm saying. So, let's talk about the first half of the episode, which I would call the real official end of Red Tide, before we get to that epilogue in Hollywood. So I'll, I'm going to go over sort of bullet point style, the main stuff that happened, and then I'm just going to open it up to the floor. I'll pick on one of you, and then we'll have a sort of freeform conversation about what we saw. So we got some answers to, at the start of Red Tide. We got at, at the start of Red Tide, at the start of the episode, the finale of Red Tide. We basically got confirmation that the town does know what's going down. In regards to the pill and vampiric people, we also got confirmation that Dennis O'Hare's character, Holden, is not on the pill. At least I feel like we got confirmation that he's not a black pill taker. He's not on the muse. Uh, we also had some major deaths. Bell, Austin, Harry, and a bunch of pale people died. And uh, Ursula, Alma, the chemist, survived. No sign of Doris. No um, revenge from Doris in this episode. And, uh, oh, we also got the answer to the question that we had. We were like, does anyone know that the sheriff's dead? People know that the sheriff's dead. We were introduced to a character. Glealum showed up uh, for uh, the total of maybe five minutes, never to be seen again. Um, So there was that. So what did we think of it? What did we think of the first 30 minutes of the episode that really wrapped up the P-Town story of Red Tide? And let's start off with Vinny. Oh, my God. Uh, So (laughs) many feelings. So many feelings. And they're not good. (laughs) <laughs> so I tried to imagine what planning this episode must have been like in the writer's room. And I'm just imagining that all of them were doing a bunch of cocaine and they were like, oh, yeah, let's do this. Let's do this. Oh, my God. And then let's do this. And then wait, cocaine no, let's do that and, and drinking with their friends. <laughs> yes, I just I it was it was so lackluster due to the fact that it was just so fast. I mean, I felt like these characters that we've spent most of the season with as primaries were suddenly just swept under the rug. Like, I agree with you that the first half of the episode was the 
what's the most polite way I can say this? Um, I, I, I hesitate to say the most valuable and part with merit of the episode, but even then, that's saying a lot because it felt very rushed. It felt very forced. I was not happy with the way that Bell and Austin went out. I thought that it was a suspension of disbelief because this was the first time the entire season that anyone has hinted that these festers still retain their cognizance this far into their mutation. And so I thought it was a very far cry for Ursula to be successful in what she did. I didn't buy it. These things have been proven to be primal beings. They've lost all sense of humanity for the most part. They want to feed. And if there's like seven of them in their home territory and this little morsel walks in front of them, we've been made to believe their hunger takes over them all season, right? So I feel like I did not buy the fact that she was able to convince them. Plus, they took the pill once. They know what happened. I, I, I mean, I don't know. I won't go into a dissertation on that. But overall, I was not happy with the way that they did this episode. The first half of it, it felt cheap. It felt rushed. It felt very discombobulated and disjointed. Uh, you know, I, I feel like they took what should have been an hour with our main primaries and crammed it into a half hour so they could add on the other half, which we'll talk about eventually. Uh, the one redeeming, the two redeeming qualities I will give was Ursula fucking owned it. Like, without her, I probably would not have been able to take any pleasure from that first half. Um, and Harry. Finn Whitrock gave a very nuanced performance. I was actually very happy with the way that he portrayed it because he brought to light the exhaustion of his character after all the shit that he went through this season like he was actually starting to give hope like oh yeah she's on board she's on board we're gonna be great we're gonna go back to the way life used to be and then to have it all swept out from under him was exactly what i kind of thought was going to happen uh, but overall i really think they could have done better the planning and execution was really poor i i think the characters deserved better than they got and yeah i i yeah yeah, I agree with you. Um, I was looking at the writers, and the writers of this episode are the exact same writers of the previous episode. And I really enjoyed the previous episode. And it, it was the writers are Brad Falchuk, who's you know one of uh, you know the people that's been a part of AHS since day one, and Manny Cotto. And and Manny has written some really great episodes of the spinoff. Um, the, the previous episode I really enjoyed. I know Priscilla really enjoyed it. I know we got a little bit of mixed from from some of my co-hosts, but which is fine. But I really did enjoy the last episode, so I was looking forward to this one. And the way they just wrote off the P-Town side of it, although this side of the coin, for me, was better than uh, the La La Land stuff. I'll agree. It was just, I don't know, it was not satisfying. Like... It's American Horror Story. I do expect deaths. I do expect bad things to happen to our characters. But it just was almost done in a haphazard kind of way. And it left me unsatisfied. Ursula Leslie Grossman was fantastic. I will give her props. I thought um, her sort of coming out as like one of the villains, if not maybe now the main villain of the season, was surprising and refreshing. 
Uh, Finn Whitrock as Harry was good, but I found Harry to be inconsistent because we had him do that whole monologue at the oh. end of the previous episode where he basically was like, you know, oh, it's probably for the best that you are, a, you know, a fester, you know, because I need to think about myself and my future and all this kind of stuff. But then they wrote him at the start of this episode really showing empathy, sympathy, and almost longing and caring for Doris, even though we didn't see her. Um, and I was like, is that like an opposites attract Paul Abdul thing? Two steps forward, two steps back? <laughs> like, it was very confusing to me. So while Finn played the heck out of it, it was confusing. Um, Alma is an evil little bitch. And... Um, I was hoping for some comeuppance for her. I will have much more opinions on that in when we talk about the next half an hour. But I didn't get that from her, so that left me unsatisfied. We had a little bit of a line here where, you know, because everybody died that was in Belt House. And the line was oh, from Ursula, oh, I'm going to make it seem like Harry killed them all and I'll weave a story about it. A little asterisk to that because... In the next half an hour, he ends up winning an award, which I'm like, so they gave a killer an award? Like, that just was a little jarring to me. Thank you. Yeah, the continuity in that was a little odd. Uh, but I did find this half, it wasn't, uh, I don't even know what the right words is. It wasn't satisfying, but if they expanded on the first half, if that first half was like the whole episode, I might have found the episode a little bit more pal palatable than the full episode that we got. Why they brought in Coach Beast from Glee, Dot Marie Jones uh, as the state trooper, I, I, I just don't know what we were supposed to do with you. I mean, it was like a throwaway character for no reason. Uh, so I was very I feel confused. like she just wanted to be on the show. <laughs> that's, that's what I guess. I'm like, she just wanted to guest star or something, and they gave her Maybe, but it was just... I don't know. Anyway, who wants to go next? I have no idea who wants to chat about this next. Please, for the love of God, oh. me. Okay, Odina, yes. Because this was the most trash-ass episode of anything I've ever seen in my life. This was <gasps> Everything. M. Night Shyamalan disappointing with twists nobody asked for or wanted to see. Like... And we were talking about last ep like the last episode, everyone was like, yeah, it's predictable that, like, they would commit suicide, this, that, and the other. This, all of this to me was so predictable. I was like, we literally, t like, pretty much gave a synopsis to the ending in our theory talks, like, every ep, like, ah, uh, this was just so annoying. First of all, as you, as has been stated, why is Henry, all of the sudden, Harry, whatever his name is, all of the sudden remorseful catching glimpses of Doris outside the damn window when like two minutes ago he was like oh well it sucks to be you I'm gonna condemn you to a life of like brutality makes no sense and then like it would have been cool like I understand they were doing it for like I guess the shock or surprise factor even though it wasn't a shock or a surprise but it would have been cool to see a conversation between Ursula and the chemist where they concoct this plan in the first place instead of, like, all this weird, like, 
oh, we're going to leave that out and then we're going to go to Belle's house. Like, it was just so unnecessary. Then, like, she take, they took the baby. Like, okay, cool. So you're all right with, like, everyone else dying, but, like, not the baby. Like, Belle's been eating babies this entire time. You didn't tell me you noticed that. I just, this whole, it was a mess. It was a mess. Oh, yeah, and then, like, <laughs> I we're not even on the second half yet, but just the festers made no sense at all by the end of this. And, like, so you're telling me a cop just pulls up to this committee meeting and is like, no, you guys need to, like, actually tell me what's going on. And they don't have any authority to, like, demand an investigation. Like, no, that's just, it just happened. She just... As a soliloquy, and she's on her way. Like, <laughs> I, I'm sorry, I'm ranting now because I'm so angry about this. No, yeah. preach, girl, preach. Last episode was so emotionally driven, and that's what I wanted. I wanted like an impact, even if I don't care about Almar, whoever. Like, I wanted there to be an impact, and there was just nothing but clownery in this whole episode, and I was not here for it. Rant over. Well, to give you the answer so about the the cops showing up and them not providing answers, number one, this is America, number two, white privilege, and number three, white privilege. <laughs> so I have a I have a theory that kind of helps me be okay with Harry switching emotionally. Okay. And Explain, that has please. to do with what happens with him and Ursula in the very beginning of the episode. When he writes that masterpiece and she's like, kill yourself because you're never going to write anything else. So when you get what you're after, right? Like whether you're chasing that high or you're chasing a dream, chasing someone that you love and it takes forever to get them. And then when you finally get whatever it is you're after, sometimes you suddenly find yourself realizing that everything you did to get what you want cost you so much that you have this moment where you're like, wow, I was really an asshole to that person. Or wow, when I was riding the high of the progress of the pursuit, I didn't think about the consequences. And so for me, it was kind of like last week, like I said, he had a moment of truth and I love when his humanity fell away. The way that I kind of bought it in this episode is he let that humanity fall away, but then he really saw what like Alma was tur- has turned into and he wrote this masterpiece and realized like, okay, well, I've done that. Now what? And and he was really left with nothing else but to think about everything that he's done. And he'd been riding the high all season and now he's gotten it. And... It cost him his wife. It pretty much cost him his daughter, but she was obviously whack-ass to begin with. Um, And now he's like, cancel my subscription. I'm over their issues. And he's kind of having that step back and being what he was kind of all season, which was, am I going to or am I not going to? Am I going to be good or am I going to be bad? So he was kind of consistent in that way. Harry's been very wishy-washy all season. He like take two steps forward, but then three steps back. So it's it's kind of a half-ass way of justifying it, but that's what I kind of took. But can I just, like, say... I can understand that. Go ahead, Odina. Sorry. Like, just that... Okay, Vinny, this whole... All of us, we need to start writing American Horror Stories because clearly we're doing a better job. I know, right? At the end of the day, like, that would have been beautiful if we saw it. Yes, if it was explained. That second half, you could have just extended it and then done something cool where you kind of see, like, how Ursula's like helping Alma to like be further corrupted or how they're both like just very insidious in the way that they go about things. And then Henry becoming uncomfortable with it, him running into Doris and being like, Oh shit, 
look what I did and like coming like seeing her and just having that realization what were they doing right none of that I would have loved a scene where like he ran into her and he thought she was like gonna be all primal and nasty but then she like I don't know comes up and like nuzzles his neck and licks him but doesn't eat him or something like I wanted a confrontation between the two of them after what happened last week and had that happened I completely agree it would have been like oh you're realizing boom this you did this shit yeah, yeah, and it would have explained the Festers, like, having this little, like, shred of humanity if they did that with her character. It would have shown that they had, like, some recognition, like, intelligence to recognize something that might have an emotional p- impact on them. Which then would explain why Ursula goes into a forest full of them, shaking a bunch of fucking pills, and just, like, winging it. <laughs> Yeah, because, like, the thing that she said confuses me. I I think the inconsistency with the pills is one of the most frustrating things about the season. Because we saw in that flashback episode that none of us really liked that it took the OG Fester a moment to festerize. And then all of a sudden we had Doris go from zero to fester over the span of an episode, which we complained about. And that was, even though I really enjoyed the previous episode, that was something that bothered me in that episode. And so the fact that she's now talking about, I have new and improved pills that are going to help all of you. Like I was very confused by that. And uh, I, I was still just confused as to how, you know, the whole concept of the pill is for those that are talented, you know, you have to keep on taking them to to maintain that, you know, extra genius level talent. But they can stop taking it and they just go back to normal. But for the non-talented, you just take it once and all of a sudden your life is completely screwed up. Like it just seemed so weird to me. Mm-hmm. And, and the addition of that additional pill, because clearly she was in communication with the chemist based off of what they showed us, but what they didn't tell us, like what they didn't tell us was a lot apparently. And um, we sort of had our own theories about secretly what was going on between Ursula and the chemist, but they didn't even give us a hint of what was really going down with them. So I don't know. That whole thing with Ursula and the chemist, uh, as much as I enjoyed Ursula, as much as I actually enjoyed the chemist as well, I needed more. I needed way more than all, what we got. All I got to say is whoever wrote this episode was not on the pill. Because well, there was that. <laughs> it was not great. Tell me, Maddie Fitz. It was a fester. I just, it was so rushed. It's... It's so disappointing to me because the first two episodes we all spoke so highly of. You know what I mean? We were all on this like amazing high of this might be the best season ever. You know, like the cinematography, the music, the characters, everything is going so well. We had so many theories. And then I feel like kind of after the first couple episodes, it's just it's gone downhill from from then on except for Karen and Mickey like their their type of story and and you know we love the characters like Belle Noir and Austin Summers like how do you just kill them in two seconds without it being even like it was just sad to see that's how you treat your characters like 
that's how you want to kill them off. It just was, it was so disappointing to me. And then just the whole like second part of the episode, you know, we, we talked about, oh, obviously Ursula is going to want to bring these back to Hollywood clearly, but the way that she was just handing them out, like it was just candy. I, I, she was like Oprah, you know, at a show, (laughs) you get a pill and you get a pill. pill. Well, hold on a second. We'll talk about that. We're not there so, just yet, Medfits. Yeah, I just, I mean, and just with, you know, our our bright and sunshine and beautiful Alma, none of us got what we wanted. <laughs> none of us got what we wanted with her. And I feel like we understood that she she was the true villain of Red Tide. Usually it's a crime to kill a child, but in this case it was a crime not I know, right? How many babies did we kill in this season? Well, only one. With Alma, like, Mm -hmm. I wanted her dead, but... Okay. Like, what would have been cool is if they did something like the very first season of American Horror Story, where, like, the end scene with the baby and the nanny, and he, like, killed the nanny, and, like, you see the blood or whatever, and the kid's covered in the blood, smiling. Like, something like that. Oh, I know. The second coming of Satan, but she just was a bitchy, bratty, fucking weird kid. Like, yes, I have two ideas of what they could have done for Alma. So I, I, and you're telling me that Ursula, who really is like, fuck this shit, I don't give a shit about anyone but myself, is just keeping her around. She's not an her agent. She's not doing anything for her. So why would she just randomly keep her around? Yeah, I have two ways that we could have handled um, Alma. So we'll talk about that uh, when we talk about the next half. Priscilla, you have been conspicuously quiet. I don't know if that means you agree with us. I don't know if that means you loved it. So I'm going to pick on you because I'm curious to hear what you thought of this. What did you think of the first half, the the end of the P-Town arc of Red Tide? So... The first half was incredibly slow. I felt like the the whole like um, chamber of commerce part. I was like, you called them the chamber of commerce. Well, what the I fuck love it. Like, they were. I thought they were kind of like the homeowners association, sort of. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Or the town council. Oh, the town council. Yeah, not the chamber uh, of commerce. All right, the the town council, but the council meeting was so boring. Why am I talking about paint chips and why am I talking about stuff like that at, at this far ahead in the season? This is a waste of time, precious time that I could have been used to fix this episode because obviously it sucked. This whole part sucked. It was awful. And when it finally got to, like, the the cop and she was there and she was trying to get them to, I don't know, get their heads together and tell her something about what's going down. And they were just kind of, like, steal, like, like they're just kind of, like, putting a wall up against her. I was like, dang, this is a waste of time. This is, all of this is a waste of time. All they had to do was show the cop that they, they had found and they, and they, and show the, that the, the first councilman going up to them and be like, they, the cops are, are getting busy uh, on here. If the councilman's on, on, on my ass, I'm going to be on your ass. So fix this. 
all it takes is like one fucking line, one line, and that's it. It would have it would have broken up all of that at the very beginning. That unnecessary crap. But no, we had to have all that exposition. It was boring as hell. And then when it finally got time to to see Benoit and Austin die, I was like, "Really? We're just gonna end it like that? They don't have guns? They're going? They're going to this fight with just knives?" (laughs) Well, I mean, it's what they're used to. But I agree. I was so mad at how easily they were taken down. I mean, I don't know if meth heads are you know, wily people, but, I mean, they they seem to get their dinner pretty easily, and I'm like, these people took them down? Like that? All they had to do was, like, grab their shoulders and push them to the ground? Like, it was... Yeah. I expected a trap of some kind. I did not expect Austin and Belle to just have their razor knives or whatever. Like, I almost expected and wanted Billy Lord to be there. Like, I wanted more of the people on the pill... Because here's the thing, like, they're writers, they're not fighters, they're used to killing people who are easy prey, but these two knew they were walking to their potential death, mm-hmm. and it, people who are as intelligent as Bell and Austin were, which, they, they would have known better, right? And, like, the way they were distracted and lured towards the front door, and I did like how the chemist, you could tell she knew what was going on, but, yeah, and I agree, like, Alma and and Harry showing up, like, I expected them to have, like, a fucking rocket launcher or some shit, not just, like, you know, wha- wha- I, I would have liked a rocket launcher. <laughs> We're gonna clean up this town! Uh, okay. I felt, like, I felt mm. like it was just there to have, like, the the line of the season, I feel. like We're gonna clean that, up this the, town? The, oh, yeah. the thing that's repeated over and over again every time you think of the season. We're going to clean up this town. Oh, I'm saying that. The way that she said. Sorry, go. Oh, no, I just thought it was funny because in the trailer, it made it look like it was going to be this monumental event. And literally, that was that was it. It was that line. Like, there was no other, like, vehement anger from her. She was just, like, having, like, crazy person Tourette's for a second. Like, it like when they first walked in and she was like, have some baby charcuterie. And then she was like, read it in, daddy. I was like, good God. Like... (laughs) <laughs> it was ridiculously camp. I liked it though, but it was oh, I did. it was still disappointing because she like died like ten seconds later. I um, am literally yeah. using that line whenever I am slightly inconvenienced at all. Like I'm gonna be in line at the grocery store and people are gonna be like trying to bump me and be like, I'm gonna fucking take a trial. No, no, Odin, you gotta be like, I'm gonna munch on your balls. I'm sorry. Like, I just, I still can't. And I love Priscilla, who is like, what was the whole Chamber of Commerce? That gets me, honestly, 10 out of 10. It was like a whole Senate floor meeting for, like, no reason. Eggshell white versus creme white. Yeah. Right? And like was... the old boomer in the corner being like, How dare you? I'm like, who are you? <laughs> like who are these people? This was like if Robot Chicken did a skit about American horror story, it was this episode. <laughs> yeah. I wish that they would have used that meeting to explain more about what the town knew. Like if they had removed the outside presence 
and the town just openly talked about, you know, the killings, you know, not what are we going to do, but like, oh, you know, we have to make sure we cover this up. We have to make sure this, that, or the other. I think that would have been much more interesting. We never got the well, answer to the red lights, we, which I know that we, we all sort of, of did. wait, just one second, Maddie. Um, okay. we, we didn't get the answer to the red lights and like they could have explained that at that council meeting. We sort of have our own um, guess as to what it means, but I wish that they would have used that council meeting just to explain some of the mythos of the town. And and I feel like I know what Maddie's going to say with with what Holden go, does when he goes to the people, he does explain that the town knew and that sort of thing. But I think if they had used specifically the council meeting to like openly explain you know just this is what we know this is what's been happening they didn't need the outside cop they could have talked specifically like oh, okay did you hear you know the guy at the wharf he found the police chiefs how are we going to cover this up like i think that would have been much more interesting than what we got with the council members is what i'm trying to say yeah i hear you and I, I just i feel like that conversation uh you know, when he did actually go see Bell in, in Austin, like that should have been way sooner. You know what I mean? It shouldn't have just been this, like that should have been in the flashback episode or something. You know what I mean? Um, exactly. Yep. It, yeah. It was just, it was too late to introduce mm-hmm. because it was, it was like, we had already guessed it. Like don't leave people guessing as to what's going to happen. You know what I mean? Because at the end of the day, you're going to disappoint us apparently. So <laughs> <laughs> I think when they introduced Holden, we should have had a scene in that episode uh, where he went to them and be like, you know, what's going down? The council has issues. Are you guys getting sloppy? And then that's when they should have started the conversation. Oh, no, it's the Hollywood people. It's the gardeners. Exactly. You know, we're going to keep an eye on them. We're going to make sure we keep them in check. We had a little bit of that with the chemist. But I think had they gotten some pressure from the townspeople, I think that pressure earlier on would have been a little bit more impactful than Holden going to see them at the start of the the episode. Yeah, I would have liked when he was first introduced and he did his interview and he was very cagey and the whole, oh, I just gave an interview. I would have, and the chemist, I feel like, should have been introduced earlier as well. Like, I would have loved to have seen that scene where, like, he's there with uh, Bell and Austin, but with him and the chemist, kind of, like, following the chain of command down. Like, I would have bought a scene where he was with the chemist, and he was like, you need to get your shit straight because your people are fucking up. Like, that would have been welcome earlier in the season, and I th- I would have accepted that. But, yeah, I agree. This was... It was just kind of out of nowhere, like, but at the same time, it was obvious. Like, we knew, we we felt he was involved, but it just, again, drawn out. Like, that whole town meeting session was like, okay, you're introducing all these random old people and whatever and other people on the town council that clearly know something, but they're not going to reveal what they know, and all we get is, I'll take care of it. Yeah. Yeah. It's one of the problems of having such a short amount of episodes for this story. I mean, a part of us are saying, you know, we wish that they would have done things sooner, you know, uh, but would, would we have needed an additional episode for that? Would we needed, would we have needed just an additional, maybe not maybe an extended episode? Like last week we had 
pretty much an hour and a half of, of an episode, you know, with the commercials and that sort of thing. Minus commercials, it was maybe around 50 minutes. Uh, but, like, did we need additional scenes in some episodes? Some of the episodes were just an hour. This episode was just an hour. So I wonder if extending the episode a little bit and including, you know, maybe some more fleshed out scenes to really explain stuff would have been a benefit to it, period. Based yeah, on the fact I that we didn't really even like the episode, do did we really want more? I'm just saying. I mean, you know. I mean, had they done it right, I mean, I True think that. one of the things this season really suffered from was inappropriate exposition. Like, we had characters that got all these, like, really detailed introduction parts or whatever, and then we had these others where it's just, like, they're giving us breadcrumbs because I felt like they were trying to be clever and keep the characters mysterious. But like we talked about before, it really felt like some of these characters were just, oh, COVID pandemic, obviously, but also like, oh, I want this person to come back. We're going to shoehorn them into the show this way and make them a character. Dennis O'Hare's character, to me, still feels like that. And I think had we had a longer season that was one continuous story arc, they would have been able to give a little bit more and we would not have been sitting here like why the hell did you introduce that and make us assume this because putting two mm-hmm. to two together in this episode equaled five not four which means it didn't make sense or yeah. you know what they could have even done taken that also trash ass episode where they did all that flashback and the only relevant part of it was bell's flashback of who she was before and used like 80 percent of that episode to at least address mm-hmm some of these issues so that nobody would be walking into an hour episode and being like, what the actual fuck is this? Totally. Yeah. Uh, If there was anything that we all agreed with was that the flashback episode was not the best. Um, I know that we've sort of disagreed on some of the other episodes, but we all were pretty much in sync in regards to that flashback episode. So if they would have truncated that, and as Odina just said, you know, maybe 20% of the episode of flashback, you even started the episode with flashbacks. And then, you know, the rest of the episode was in the present, fleshing out stuff. Uh, that would have been best, uh, you know, giving more stuff for Holden to do, giving more stuff for, for Billy Lord to do. I mean, she really wasn't in this season at all. And the only answer that she gave us was, like, how people got the fangs. Uh, other than that, what does she bring to the table, unfortunately? And it's Billy Lord. She's been fantastic. You and know. how people got the codes. And how people got the codes. Mm-hmm. Oh, also, yeah. when did Alma get her teeth filed? Oh, my God, yeah. <laughs> Wait, what? <laughs> like, when she took her dentures out, I was like, okay, well, we've clearly established that Billy Lord has no moral code and will work on a child. Yeah, yeah. like, where, where did we... Uh, any, uh, Excuse yeah, I just... me, I don't like to be watched while I'm eating... Like, it also... Or whatever the hell she said. If, like, Alma... Or not Alma, sorry. Ursula, like... Because she gave them all those pills that apparently, like, made them turn on each other. Like, if you wanted to wrap up Billy's character, you could have easily just shown, like, that the Fessers weren't just attacking Belle. That they were attacking anyone in the actual town that had taken the pill and been successful. So, like, I mean... And then you could have, hence the fucking name of the whole season, Red Tide... But, like, it would have made sense that way, not just, like, a weird concentrated, like, did Ursula give them a GPS? And they were like, okay, now we know where we're going. Like, did she run and, like, lead them there? Like, I don't know. I would assume she led them there. But, 
do we really need the answer to that? I don't know. But any other thoughts on the first half of the episode before we head into this epilogue? One more thing. Yes. Alma overpowering Harry was just like, what? How? You're a little kid. How it was all. It was those. It was those vitamins mother. that he gave her. <laughs> I have one more thing about the first half. My okay. favorite favorite part. Pussy ass. Oh my god! I was gonna say that. <laughs> I died. What I literally died. All right, people. So let's get into this epilogue. We pick up three months later. We're in Los Angeles. Alma is living with the chemist and Ursula, living their best lesbianist lives, I guess. I don't know. But they're all together. Um, what did we learn? Uh, Ursula is, you know, passing pills at Starbucks's, you know, to, to, to writers and stuff. She is on top of the world, basically, in three months. Uh, we learned that Harry is some sort of award winner, even though he's apparently a murderer. So Hollywood really has no standards uh, when it comes to giving out awards. What else do we learn? Um, Alma is uh, a finalist for some sort of um, philharmonic classical orchestra type of thing. And she ends up killing her fellow finalist. Um, because why not? She has a little smug bitch look on her face, because why not? We also see Ursula hand out pills at some sort of screen writing course, um, where, uh, yeah, so she gives out the pills there, uh, the pills are under the sea, this is the whole, as, uh, as it was alluded to, well, uh, a little while ago, you get a pill, you get a pill, everybody in the motherfucking world gets a pill, and then there's chaos on the streets of Los Angeles. Uh, Ursula does the ending uh, narration. And while all that is being said, we see the chemist and baby Eli, because baby Eli actually does survive the season. Um, the chemist and baby Eli end up um, driving somewhere else, with the chemist sort of alluding to the fact that she's going to come up with a different pill for something else. So it sounds like she's kind of done with the muse pill what does that mean though because remember it's a proprietary formula um oh also a little bit of information also the chemist is giving the pills to police so like bad cops like racist cops so that they go cray cray and um die i feel like that part was the only good part about this episode <laughs> okay well there, there's that so yeah. Let's talk about this. Alma, at the end of this thing, is still alive. The chemist is still alive, and Ursula is still alive. Nothing bad really happens to any of them. So they all get a happy ending in the AHS universe. Some characters sometimes get happy endings. Um, I'm not really happy that Alma did not get a bad ending. In my opinion, how I would have written Alma at the end of it is one of two ways. Number one, she she would have eaten her fellow finalist, but she would have been caught, like, eating him. So then, like, everything would have been, would have, like, kaboomed for her, 
I think that should have happened, as opposed to her getting away with it. The other one, this was something that I read online, somebody wrote, that I thought was kind of brilliant, um, is that she would have, you know, like, let's say, gotten, um, or she she would have, now I can't remember what exactly what it was, but it was something like Alma wouldn't have gotten everything that she wanted, and she would have gone sort of crazy that at a certain point, like in front of a live show, she would have like bitten into herself because she wasn't doing as well or something like that. And so she would have tried to like eat herself in front of the audience. And like that would have been her downfall or something like that. I can't remember the exact th- thing that I wrote in the comments se- that I, sorry, that I read in the comment section. But when I read it, I was like, oh, that sounds dark and twisted. And that would be a good end for Alma because she's a dark and twisty little bitch. Um, but yeah, I would have wanted her to get caught. The other thing that I think would have been interesting, uh, just to throw it in since I'm talking about Alma, is if what the guy said, her competitor, said was true, that he would have gotten it because she would have been sort of, in essence, a a freak show. Shout out to, uh, season four. Bearded lady. Yes. Uh, So she would have been, you know, a freak show. So he would have gotten it. And maybe in a fit of rage, that's when she would have, like, lunged at him and bitten him. And then that would have been her downfall. That could have been interesting as well. But I don't like that she has an happy ending. I don't like that she's out there happy. Although with the chemist leaving, maybe she won't have any pills. And so then, you know, she does end up getting the darkest of timelines. Priscilla. I had... Oh, wait. Oh, oh well, Vinny jumped oh, in. I, I was going to say, I had my I, actor, Priscilla Alga, but I had something about Alma I wanted to have. Oh, okay. All right. So, Priscilla, go first, and then uh, that was a tease from Vinny. Oh, I was saying before the podcast, none of us got what we wanted because Alma survived, and, and, she, and she got, not just survived, but she thrived. She, she got thrived. exactly what she wanted. And she went for it, and even in the Philharmonic thing, when when faced with something where she's a freak, she still manages to subvert your expectations and kill the guy and manages to get away with the murder and probably is going to get the seat. So, oh, it's so fucking frustrating that that little monster gets everything she wants. But I'm thinking since L.A. is burning and the chemist is leaving and isn't going to be working on the pills anymore, that she's not going to be getting her pills anymore and she's probably going to lose her her focus and her drive and her energy the way they said that you, you, you get after you don't have the pills anymore and she won't be able to play the violin, so. She's a pussy-ass bitch! Exactly. <laughs> But uh, mm-hmm. I do like the fact that the chemist got away with it scot-free. Because I liked the chemist. I liked her her chutzpah. And I, I like the fact that the baby got away free. Because the baby had no, like, <laughs> he, he, was, he was an innocent in all of this. His, his sister was fucked up. His family was fucked up. He deserved to be happy. So if he can be happy with the one person that can protect him from all of the craziness, the chemist, then good on him. So 
yes, good on the baby for surviving and good on the chemist for surviving. And Ursula is fucking crazy. Why would you give the pills to a bunch of people at a seminar? They're they're guaranteed not to be good because they're all fucking suffering and trying their best to get over writer's block and get to be better writers. They're not going to be good writers. They're they're all going to be talentless hacks. At least at the Starbucks, you had a chance to maybe get a better person. I agree with you. I feel like, well, the sloppiness of the writing was evident in this episode, but her sloppiness at the end, I thought, was really stupid for the character. Because, you know, we had seen her develop into one of the villains of this story, and it just seemed like either the ambition, the money, the um, thirst for, you know, potential clients to bring her in more money, whatever it was, it just made her stupid. Because she had this, like, you know, say what we want to say about how we liked what happened in the first half. At least she had a plan, and it was a plan that was successful. Because what she wanted to happen ended up happening. So she knows how to plot and scheme and to line up the ducks in a row to go in the direction that she wanted to. So why would she be so stupid and sloppy three months later? It it just, it seems dumb to me. Like, and even though we had that line that's supposed to like clear everything, like, oh, it's a proprietary formula. No one's going to figure it out. Um... We have a thing called technology that can figure anything out. So if someone is assigned the case and they're smart, you know, without the pill, and they figure out that people are getting spiked with something to turn them into these nut jobs that are eating people, um, let's not even go into that man that was attacking, that white man that was attacking the black man and was like biting his belly with the sh- his shirt covering his belly. I was very confused by that. They panned to him like two or three times, and I'm like, what's supposed to be happening here? Anyway, um, you would think people would figure it out. So, like, pandemonium on the streets of Los Angeles at the end of it was, I don't know. It was a bit much. It was very mucho, as I would say. Who wants to jump in next? It sounds like Odina. <sighs> So, yeah, I'm just going to point this out, um, and maybe I'm allowed to say this because apparently I'm the only fucking black person here, but, like, are you kidding me? She's spiking a bunch of police officers, a black woman, and nobody is going to do anything. She's like, the government doesn't want to air out it. The government? Girl, the government's going to turn you out on your ass and they're going to blame everything on you. All they have to do is make up a lie and be like, she went rogue and she developed these things, which you literally did anyways. And she just started handing them out to civilians. We've been looking at, like, she, like, girl. Well, it wasn't that she said the government wasn't going to say, it. She her explanation was that these government employees that don't really want to be associated with the research, they aren't going to, like, take the time out of their day to, like, help out, you know, this local sheriff's office. I don't buy that argument either. Uh, That's why I said, you know, anybody that's intelligent that they can hire that can actually research 
what's in everyone's system is they're clearly going to find consistencies in their system of something strange and they'll eventually figure out what was in them if they hadn't done the end part where it was literally like the walking dead and like the streets (laughs) of la were on fire then yeah i could maybe buy into what she was saying because it was low-key enough but like they were on the news the streets of L.A. are burning. This lady is going mad handing out goddamn pills like it's cotton candy to everybody. And you're telling me that, one, not one CIA government official who knows about that program is like, oh, guys, maybe we should clean up this mess before it gets even more out of hand. One, she has too much power. And she's, again, a black woman in America. And then, two, no one's going to be like, hmm, all these people came out of this weird, like, theater thing for writers, this seminar for writers, and the only two people that, or the only person that survived was this chick named Ursula, who's super famous for finding very talented people. Like, no one's going to throw that together, like, that whole, and then... Even Alma, like, okay, so she, first of all, how did she even get that boy's body downstairs? Like, did she lead him down there? Like, what a creep. But anyways, she's just sitting there, and you're telling me that, like, nobody, like, again, there's no suspicion. Just, like, oh, he went downstairs, he was stabbed. Okay, cool, that's one thing. But, like, I don't know. It's just, and then, like, the whole scene where Ursula's like, yeah, I brought you a hustler out in the, like, guest house or whatever and then like Alma walks into a room with a grown-ass man without a shirt and I'm just like that scene was just awkward and weird that was way too sexual for my liking exactly like I was just like the vibes what in the Lolita is going on here like ew and then yeah I don't know and then like on top the chemist just being like I'm gonna go somewhere else and do something else um (laughs) Okay, sure, like that, like it just didn't make sense for her character either, I don't think, like, and then it, or it did at the first, but again, it was so inconsistent, because it did, it would make sense if her character, like when we first met her, was like, I don't want any trouble, I don't want to have anything to do with shit going sideways, but then she like backs up the people that are the most chaotic characters ever, and then like helps them create a bunch of chaos, starts to create a bunch of chaos, I agree that like, the best part of this whole freaking episode was her giving <laughs> these bills to racist cops. But, like, other than that, like, you can't be like, oh, I'm going to start a bunch of shit. And then, like, I'm just going to randomly leave every time I want. Like, no, you either want the chaos girl or you don't. Simple as, like, the actors did a really good job playing her. But just nothing made sense. I would have preferred to not even have this whole, like, epilogue moment where they're in L.A. Or if they did, like, extremely brief, like, hyper jump to the future, show Alma, like, you said, Jeff, like, at a concert, maybe losing her mind. Or just another theory that I was thinking, I was like, okay, maybe Doris, like, takes the pill while she's still pregnant, but then gives birth. And, like, whatever's in the pill affects the baby and makes the baby, like, super talented, and Alma starts getting jealous, and then she tries killing, or it kills the baby, and then Harry, Henry, whatever the hell, like, flies into his own rage and kills Alma. Like, it would, it just, there are so many different ways this could have been written, and this was not it, like, at all, especially this half. Again, 
how does the fester transformation part happen in the span of like two minutes like a whole theater of like potential writers just turns automatically and then like they run into the street just having snacks like uh, i'll just include my my part in this episode too with my thing about alma (laughs) um no you're fine you're totally fine i got sidetracked i was playing with my cat while i was listening so Jeff, I kind of had a desire for something to happen to Alma, kind of similar to what you read online. But for me, what I really would have, if we had to have this unnecessary epilogue, what I would have liked to have seen happen is Ursula get power hungry, dilute the talent pool by giving away too many pills. And let's, let's look at it this way. So you take the pill, and if you're talented, you get super talented. If more people take the pill... Don't wouldn't you agree that now the degree by which we rate talent is still there? So now you have the people that are taking the pill that are super talented, but obviously there's going to have to be people all taking the pill that are better than others taking the pill. And for what I wanted to have happen with Alma was kill your father, have your mother festified, you know, and you're like, all right, I got it. I'm going to do this. I almost wanted the first inkling of it to be her competition for the chair to be like, yeah, I was worried about this, but then this woman gave me this pill and I'm fucking great right now. Yeah. And him to get the chair and Alma to be defeated. And then the, the industry to be so drowned in these pills that people started killing each other because they were all talented, but they were eventually, you know, someone's going to be in a situation like she was in. And how does that play out? You know, when you've got two people taking the pill and they're up for the same thing and there's a choice that's made and whether it's truly about who was more talented or the logistics of who's going to draw more people. I wanted Alma to have this like flash forward where we progressively see her continually trying. But now that the pills are everywhere, she's having to fall back on whatever innate talent she had and she fails miserably and ends up like freaking Sally in hotel, you know, like doped out drug rattled and like falling apart and like talking to herself in a shitty apartment like if she didn't have to die i didn't want her to have the success and i wanted her to really just have everything taken away from her and be utterly destroyed now for the rest of it i'm not going to go too long because you guys have already kind of said it. i think that the characters everything we knew about them i felt like i was watching a different show completely like I had to sit there and be like, wait, are these really the same characters? Because Ursula is such a calculating, conniving, manipulative bitch. She knows better than what her character did in this epilogue. You know, just giving them out at Starbucks and diluting it. And, like, you you identify talent. You're able to find these people. Why are you wasting your time just tossing out pills like Oprah? And not to mention the amount of disbelief that we had to suspend for the ramifications of these people's actions. So for Ursula... She's going to campuses and these little actor TED Talk workshops and, like, somehow sneaking in beforehand and taping pills under chairs, not getting caught. And then no one's talking about this because if she's doing this, well, she's got to be doing it more than once. There's going to be people who aren't going to want to take the pill. There's going to be people who are like, this bitch is handing out drugs in class, right? And they're going to report it. Mm -hmm. And then the chemist, she worked for the government. And when you work for the government, you never leave the government. Even if you leave the government, you never leave because they watch you, right? Like someone with the level of what the chemist was doing, you know the CIA was watching her. You know they had to have surveillance for something that she was working on of such a level of secrecy. And as we saw in the end, what could potentially happen, 
they would have I, I feel like it never would have been allowed to get to that level like one little shit ass town on the testicles of Maine or whatever they call it the dick of Cape Cod you know that's one thing but a massive metropolitan hub where you're now not only screwing with the creative community, you are messing with the income and the support network of that city. It thrives off of the entertainment industry. And now it's completely being undermined. And going back to Ursula, she would her character would have thought about what was going to happen if you're giving out these pills at Starbucks. So how are you going to recruit talent if the city that you're going to be recruiting them in is decimated? It was just, oh my God, it was like, I, I, I literally, I can't. <laughs> can't sell my subscription. I'm over their issue. Good grief. I love the idea that the dude, her competitor, almost competitor, should have been on the pill. That would have been amazing. And we didn't need to necessarily know overtly, but if he would have just, you know, hinted at something like, oh, yeah, I know I'm really good. You know, I've been, you know there's something a little special in my life that has been making me even better and her, the look of like shock. And then he would have gotten the chair. Like that would have been spectacular. Just knock that little smug bitch down a bit. Uh, okay. Um, Maddie Fitz, did you give your opinions? I feel like, um, I think no, I, I, wanted you. Okay. To, uh, I wanted to chime in. Yes. So chime all, all the way. Two things that I noticed or would like to happen. So one is the fact um, with these pills. I mean, uh, like, yeah, just the way that she was giving them out and everything just seemed so chaotic. So um, just, I don't know, too much. But also, so when you're giving these pills to these untalented people or whatever, what is what is her goal right her goal is to give these pills to people who are talented then will need them from her which they will pay or she gets money from them from being successful right well she's making all of these festers who then go out into LA and start eating people what if those people that they're eating are talented Mm. like I don't understand how this is constructive at all (laughs) That right? hooker you just ate was the next Michelle. Th- yeah, like, I just, I don't understand how she thinks that this is going to work in her favor. You're literally just killing off the population with untalented people. Like, I just, yeah, it's, I didn't understand. I I felt like it was very backwards. I didn't like it. What I would have liked to see, um, you know, obviously... Alma's character, I wanted her to be gone. Uh, Your theories were great. I love them. One of my biggest things that I wanted to see in this whole thing was them going to L.A., going to a museum, and seeing T.B. Karen's photo, her painting. Yeah, we didn't get the painting. Right? I think that would have been so awesome to end the episode off. To end the season off. And it just, like I said, all of those things that we were kind of hoping for, wishing for during this whole season never happened. And, um, yeah, so I just, the whole Alma and Ursula as her kind of, like, new parent figure and stuff. Like, I enjoyed the little, the little talking smirk sarcastic with the chemist and Alma. Like, that was kind of cute. 
but just I, I so these two grown ass women are are going to raise this girl and another baby uh, for what? Like I, yeah, I mean, just obviously not what we expected from the season whatsoever for the ending. Um, like obviously we thought that Ursula was gonna you know, do something with the pills and try to make a profit off of it. But I just feel like we could not have gotten to this conclusion um, with a better writer, <laughs> essentially. But Well, there's that. <laughs> did we, um, did we cover everything? Was there anything that either of you would like to chat about, about uh, the epilogue in Hollywood? Yes. And this is going to be something that Jeff and Priscilla, you will appreciate because we did American Horror Stories. This is now the second time in less than six months that they have ended an episode in this universe with Hollywood on fire. If yeah, you remember. Driving. In, yeah, exactly. So I was really disappointed by that fact because it's like you've already done this. Granted, it wasn't on the Mothership series, but... It's we've kind of had this already, like something was causing people to go crazy or whatever, you know, that video. And now we're kind of having the same thing. So I wanted something more original and it really it. Yeah, it's going to sound wrong to say and I feel bad saying it because I did enjoy the drive in episode. It, it was one of my faves from American Horror Stories. But that was also written by Manny Cotto, who wrote co-wrote this episode of um AHS double feature part one mm -hmm. red tide. What was so. really funny is uh, my partners, we've been joking about how we should call, we call it the Murph in the middle of the season, but me, one of my partners like, maybe we should put, start blaming that other guy, Falchik. Maybe he had something to do with this. And it's funny that he ended up writing part of this. Episode. Yeah. Falchik actually wrote a lot of uh, the episodes for this season. So I won't even get up. <laughs> I, I you're gonna know how much it means for me to actually say this i would have even preferred going back to the murder house than what we got like alma moving into the murder house i would have been more <gasps> okay with that than what we got Vinny, you genius yeah oh that's fascinating yes uh so maybe it isn't the murph i'm actually looking right now uh brad falchuk actually wrote or co-wrote all of the episodes so far. Mm. So maybe it isn't Ryan Murphy. Ryan Murphy was the first two episodes, and we all we, he co-wrote the first two episodes with uh, Mr. Falchuk, and, and we both loved the first two episodes. So maybe it was missing. Maybe Honestly, it wasn't the Murph that was bad. It's missing the Murph that Murph did up it, or yeah. chucked it up. And, Odina, oh, this is for you, but one of the things that you've said almost every episode is how beautiful the cinematography and visuals have been. I felt like that was completely sucked out, this episode, like, not not A hundred. Oh, absolutely. The only nice thing was the house, was their new apartment in L.A. <laughs> yeah. Oh, it was gorgeous. <laughs> <Right>? Yeah. <laughs> With its CGI background of the city sky. Right? Real. Yeah, no, there was no shots. I mean, it's called Red Tide, and I guess, yeah, don't take it literally, but, like, at least in the other previous episodes, we got shots of the beach. Like, it was very thematic. This was just a hot mess. I don't know what was going on. I don't care who was co-writing, not co-writing. It was one of yous, because 
this is not cute. It's not a good look. I'm not looking forward to the next season. Like, it's that bad. Like, I thought, in my personal opinion, I didn't like Hotel that much. But, like, I thought Roanoke and Hotel and stuff started to drop off. Didn't really keep interest for me. But this, like, this is how you're going to do it. This is, like, Game of Thrones finale level, like, stupid. Well, I wouldn't say all that. Because that's a whole different beast of horribleness. <laughs> but um, come at me, all these Ursula Targaryens. Come at me. Yeah, I don't know if I will co-sign that. But the one thing that I will say, just to put a button on this as we head into the MVP, which that should be fascinating by itself. Um, the promo art we've we've discussed it before. Now that this season. No, this not season, but now that this part of the season, because I, I can't even say half of the season because it's we're not getting an equal amount of episodes of uh, Death Valley. But now that this section of the season is over, I think it's clear that even though everyone thought that the um, creature that was sort of making love to the alien in the promotional imagery was a siren. I think it was just a fester. Uh, I think everyone really got so, um, maybe, I don't want to say, maybe not bamboozled, but we, we just got so engrossed to the idea that one of the stories was going to be by the sea, the other one was going to be by land, that we assumed that that pale, sharp teeth creature was going to be a siren. I mean, we even had theories about the the pill being maybe siren's blood and that sort of thing. We were so hooked on the by the sea and these pale, bald, sharp teeth creatures that we thought it was going to be sirens, when in reality, those pale, bald, sharp teeth creatures were just the pale creatures from the series. We got so I am a little... is what we got. Yeah, I'm I'm disappointed because I really wanted to see an alien and a siren make love, because that's basically all the damn right. promos. I mean, they're tongue kissing. They got a, they're sharing a pill. It was it was a lot. But um, but okay. they totally played up the siren thing too. I will throw that in. Like they they dropped scenes that almost deliberately made it seem like they were wanting us to believe something was in the ocean. Yeah, I will not disagree with you on that. So. Now it is time for the MVP, the most valuable player. State which character impressed you throughout the episode and why. Once a character has been chosen, they cannot be selected again, so choose wisely. It's going to be hella fascinating because all of us butchered this episode. So was there an MVP? Well, we'll find out. Uh, let's see. Who should go first? I have been going sort of in order-ish. Um, the past couple weeks, so I'm just going to go really random. Priscilla, who's your MVP and why? My MVP has to go to Ursula because, my God, she was such a bam for this episode. Besides the weird L.A. parts where she was kind of weird and giving pills to everybody, I'm counting the first half of it where she came in literally guns blazing and killed everybody in that room all the bald-headed people and 
managed to do it with just a plong. And she managed to shut up Alma, which was nice. I liked that. So, yes, for sure. Ursula. Okay, good choice. Let's see, who is next? Eeny, meeny, miny, Maddie Fitz. Uh, I mean, who, who else is left to pick? <laughs> like 20 other people. Maddie, I love you. <laughs> uh, oh, man. I mean, okay. God, this is so hard because I feel like Ursula is the only redeeming character in this whole... Because I feel like Ursula was the only character who never changed her ways. You know what I mean? Um, She's the Maddie Fitz of uh, AHS Red Tide. Um, <laughs> you never change your ways. You're always controversial. You know what? You know what? Okay, here we go. Here we go. Here, Here's for controversial. I'm going to give it to <laughs> Alma. Ooh. Just for the line of, you know, when her dad said, I'm just trying to be a good father. And she said, since when? Ooh. That was just, a good line. Just because of that line, I think I'm going to give it to her, even though we all wanted her to get hit by a bus. So, yeah, since when? Okay. I like it. So, Ursula and Alma are off the table. Vinny, your MVP and why? Uh, um, actually, I'm going to give it to Belle. Uh, it's the last time I could do that, and she was one of the redeeming qualities of the first part of this show, even though she was very camp, and I love camp. I mean, it, it was going to be Ursula, Belle was my second choice, and then the chemist. Um, you know, with Belle, out of everybody that got what they got this season, she was the only one, I feel like, that did not get... One of one of maybe two because the the um, the chemist did not get a raw deal, uh, and Bell did not get a raw deal, and Ursula and Alma. But the most of the main cast they got a pretty bum deal and they had a, a bad demise. But Bell, she was consistent all season, and in this episode, I feel like even though they died really fast and it wasn't what I wanted to see, she still gave it that Francis Conroy royalty. Like she did such a great job. And cleaning up this town is going to forever be in my mind now going forward. It'll be one of the few redeeming things of this season that I remember fondly. So I'm giving it to Belle Noir. All right. Odina. Okay, I don't know if this is going to be considered an actual option, but um, <laughs> the baby. Oh, for... yes, that is an option. <laughs> the, any character in the show. It the only innocent character. Literally, for being the only character that wasn't literally just wasted and not annoying, um, for being innocent and pure and just makes it out alive unscathed from this idiocy. I like it because, well, I like it the most because that means I can pick the chemist, so... Thank you for that. I'm going to pick the chemist just because she got a happy ending. And I was actually cool with her as a character getting a happy ending. I did not really enjoy the machinations behind the happy ending because I feel like a lot of it was convoluted exposition. 
Um, but I'm glad that they tried to at least convince someone out there that she deserved a happy ending. Um, I still don't understand why she has the baby. She was so, like, isolationist that all of a sudden she has a baby and it's supposed to make sense. But um, I'll go with it because Angelica Ross was fantastic in the role of the chemist. I am a little mad that we just didn't get more of the chemist, and I wish that we would have had a better understanding of the chemist. But uh, for what you we got, what I was okay with it, that she was had an happy ending at least. Yes, Vinny? When she drove away, I wanted her to look at Los Angeles and be like, dumbass, why people? Yes. That's what we all thought. <laughs> okay. Let's rate this episode. This should be fascinating. How would you rate this episode on a scale of 1 to 10 muse pills? The point system is allowed, and if you found the episode exceptional, deserving of more than a 10, you may grant it the coveted golden muse. I feel like there is no gold here. Um, so, at least based off of what everyone has been saying so far. Uh, okay, let's see if I can remember the order that I went, but in reverse. Uh, that means Odina goes first. 2.3. No higher. Um, <laughs> in general, this whole just episode was the most, I just feel like I wasted my time watching it, especially coming off the back of the second to last episode. Like we pointed out, the writing was just sloppy. The characters ended up losing pretty much anything and everything that they built up in the whole season. So their characters were just kind of like, oh, cool, we're just going to throw random things into their, like, daily actions that doesn't make any sense. Uh, the cinematography and the audio and all the stuff that made it cool and creepy and on-brand and on-theme lost. It just seemed like a very cheesy... Like, I feel like I was watching Sharknado or something. So, 2.3, <laughs> and we'll keep it at that. Not the Sharknado. Festernado. Festernado. <laughs> Literally. Followed by the sequel in the second half, two possible lesbians and a cannibal baby. Well, there's that. Okay, so that was a 2.3 from our Ray of Sunshine, Odina. Let's see. Vinny? I am going to do something I have never done in all of the podcasts we've done together. A zero? I'm giving it a one. <laughs> It is getting a one because, only a one because of the redeeming things that I talked about that I did like. But overall, this episode was sloppy. It was disjointed. It was consist. It consisted of actions from characters that were completely incongruous with what little bit we had gotten to know about them. Alma was the only surviving character that we knew a lot about. And she actually stayed consistent, but... We had these other two characters that what little bit we got about them, they, well, the chemist, not so much, but kind of, because I agree with the baby thing. Like, she did not seem maternal, and she seemed smarter than, like, spiking cops and, like, all that stuff. Uh, but no, as a whole, I, you know, I was, I was the, the weird judge last week, and I didn't care for last week's episode as much. And I think partially it was because I kind of had a feeling where this was going. And I was really, I wanted to be proven wrong. I really, whether it was sirens or some kind of last minute Hail Mary, I wanted something to come out of left field, take me by surprise, even if I didn't like it. But as Odina said in the beginning, like I literally could have skipped this episode and pretended to have watched it because everything that we thought was going to happen happened. 
And what few things that we didn't expect were so stupid and nonsensical that they didn't really make any sense. We had two of our most prominent awesome characters that we have this season killed within 20 seconds. You know, we had Ursula wrangling these festers that we never saw have any semblance of humanity left or, or intelligence. Uh, this season began so great and I was so excited and I find myself walking away from this wanting my money back. And I and I mean that because I subscribed to Sling TV specifically to watch American Horror Story so I could podcast about it. I I didn't enjoy it. I had two episodes in the beginning that I loved and watching the journey getting to where we got now, I feel cheated. I feel like they had an extra year to work on this and this is what we get. Like take another year, <laughs> like take the pill, do something. Like I, I have very low hopes for four episodes for another entire new story arc and red tide, more like faded pink tide left in the wash that got, faded i don't know it i didn't like it i didn't care for it i really wanted better and yeah so i'm for the first time ever i'm giving a one well that was something so we have a 2.3 and a one maddie fitz the ever controversial maddie fitz who will sometimes love an episode and give it like a five uh, okay, I thought I was gonna rate low this this episode, but apparently I've been beat. <laughs> <laughs> um, I was gonna rate this episode a four, um, but I feel like a three is more deserving. <laughs> just like really talking about it now and and playing everything back. I mean, it was just it was extremely disappointing from the just the senseless quick deaths of three of the main characters like in the first 20 minutes of the episode you know the whole chambers of commerce thing that we had to endure that led to nowhere um and yeah just the whole epilogue which had no kind of um you know flashbacks or anything to the past or references you know like anything that could have made it a full circle it just was kind of chaos for no reason and um, I don't know. I I hope that maybe the second part of this this season is gonna loop back in to a few things. I don't oh, know. Oh, let's hope not. But I mean, it just was. It I I think I think it just I think we're all rating it so low so far, just because we were so excited in the first two episodes and we had such high hopes, <laughs> and all of these you know theories and and stuff like that and i just think it would just suck that it it came to this like you know the actors did such a great job like even alma like the actress who plays alma fantastic job because we all hated her right so clearly like the cast can do it it's just the way that the writers and you know the producers led to this point and it sucks that it was the way that it is because i feel like it could have had way more potential than it did how low can we go? Very low, apparently. So it's 2.3, a 1, and a 3. Priscilla? I'm kind of scared to ask, but how would you rate this episode? I would rate it... Oh, I was going to rate it a 4. And I keep wanting to get, to get talked down to a 3 the same way Maddie Fitz was. But I'm going to stick with my guns and give it a 4. Because... The beginning was bad, 
but the shootout was actually kind of like interesting to see. I liked that part. And I liked the fact that the chemist survived. So, and the baby survived. So, I'm going to give it the scant extra point because of that. So, a four. Okay. 2.3, 1, 3, and a 4. I'm usually the nice raider. And I'm still, I am going to be going low even for my standards. Um, initially, I was going to give it maybe like a 5.5 and, and a 6. But I'm going to go with a 5. And the reason I'm going to give it a 5 is because half of the episode I am okay with. The first half, I am okay with it. Even though I don't agree with everything that happened in the first half, the first half was much better than the second half. I don't agree with anything that happened in the second half. Outside of maybe a happy ending for the chemist and the baby. But everything else just made no damn sense. Um... Yeah, so I'm gonna I'm gonna stick with the five. Uh, y'all have, have have in my mind. I'm like, should I even go as low as a four? But I'm gonna give it a five because the first half was okay. The second half, not so much. So this is gonna be fascinating because now we're gonna give a letter grade to Red Tide. As I mentioned before, we usually wait to do this until the season finale, but because the next episode kicks off a completely different story, titled Death Valley, we're going to uh, give a letter grade to Red Tide. So that means A, B, C, D, F, pluses and minuses are allowed. I know that we are coming off of this episode, but uh, this is a cumulative type of thing. The six episodes of uh, Double Feature Part 1, Red Tide. So, letter grade. Maddie Fitz? Um, B minus. And that's because I really, really enjoyed the first two episodes. The cinematography, the music. Um, it was great. I was, I had such high hopes for this. I was really excited. I almost even thought in the first two episodes that this might be my favorite season ever. And it kind of just, uh, you know, left me dry at the end of the, the season. So, I mean, I loved the beginning of it, hated the ending of it, had really, really good characters, but I just, the storyline was just way too dry than what American Horror Story should be. So, B minus. Starting off with a B minus from Maddie Fitz. Odina, what about you? What letter grade would you give the Red Tide story, the Red Tide arc? <laughs> Okay. Um I'll be generous and I will give it a C. Um as Maddie said, what really kind of saves this season is the first two episodes, the second last episode. If it weren't for that, this would be tanking. But I think that those were well done enough and I think that this season had a lot of potential. It did, at the end of the day, like, make us think in terms of, like, what could happen, theories we're throwing out there. Um, again, I really appreciated the way everything was shot and filmed and put together in a lot of the episodes. It's just they somehow lost their, like, footing when it came to the writing, uh, when it came to staying true to the characters, which was a really big injustice to the actors and themselves, 
Um, Lily Ray really didn't deserve to have her character kind of just like pushed off to the side like that, especially since she's been with American Horror Story for so long. Same thing with, and I don't know their names, but Belle and Evan Peters, like just if it wasn't for their acting, like a lot of these seasons wouldn't be as amazing or magnetizing as they are so to just kind of do an injustice write them the way you did write the story that the way you did after all the teasing and the this and the that like and the waiting people did for this um it's really disappointing um but i do know that at some point there was some care there because there were really good episodes strong episodes so a c a b minus and a c priscilla what about you I think I'm going to give it a B minus because I feel like it's been a pretty good season so far and it had a it had two bad episodes. It had the finale and it had the flashback episode as the bad episodes, but every other episode is either a B or an A. So I think a B minus like averages out to a pretty good grade. So yeah, a B minus. We got two B, B minuses, one C, Vinny. Mm. I, I can't talk myself into being more generous. I'm going with a D plus. Um, for me, this is, you know, this is kind of like when you get to a certain point and you make the same mistake over and over and over. And there have been really great seasons of American Horror Story, but every season has had some degree of the shit that we saw in this season and to start us off so strong to really like reel me in and make me believe oh my god i've waited two years for this i'm so excited this was amazing even though i I think i in the beginning if i remember correctly i was kind of on the second episode but i still was okay with it but i mean come on guys you know better by now like you got to be more cohesive. You've got to, you know, bring it. You really, when you're in season 10, you really got to start bringing it because you're heading into the double digits. We've been doing this now for 10 years. Well, I guess 11 because we got an extra year waiting for this one. And yet we found ourselves with characters that didn't get fully fleshed out enough. They were shoehorned in. We had plot points that came out of nowhere for some of the characters. We have all of this disjointed storytelling that. This entire season, the biggest problem that we always talked about was the things that they should have explained by showing us, they were so vague in the way that they were implied that we agreed they should have been shown. And the things that we were shown and got all this exposition and acting and story about really could have been trimmed down and handled better. The flashback episode, while Belle's story was amazing, Austin was crammed in there at the end. You know, it really didn't give us a lot to advance our knowledge about the town. And walking away from this season, there is so much more that we don't know than than we do know, right? Like, what happened to that trooper's investigation? Because obviously she said she wasn't done. But we're never going to know because they've killed the characters that were interesting. If they did another season of this, I don't know that I – I mean, I, I'd watch it. It's American Horror Story, and I, I love podcasting about it. I'd watch it. But even still, like, how much would I want to see that? Because the characters that mattered are gone. But we don't know what's going to happen in Provincetown. Like, what were the ramifications of what happened with everybody dying? And, you know, what was the investigation like? Because I have issues with the whole thing, too, about, like, the murder scene. Okay, you're going to say Harry killed all these people. He's been the one going around, like, biting people's throats out. 
Um, but then his throat was bitten out. Who bit his throat out? You know, there. I walk away from this season feeling more unfulfilled than I feel fulfilled. And I really think that in the 10th season, they should know better by now. They've got to really bring it. They've got to really blow us away with storylines. And they had it. And then they just dropped the ball. And I think I, I feel like I've been fairly consistent since the first two episodes where it's like I've kind of been like either OK or I didn't like it. And like I said, I was really hoping they would somehow manage to wrap it all together. They didn't give even give us exposition more about the pills. Like, we don't know where she got the substances that she uses to create them. Will we find out? I'm beginning to think not. So, you know, I, I as much as I didn't want to be that guy, I really don't feel comfortable giving it anything higher than a D plus because I really think we deserved better. And they didn't do as good of a job as they could have with the material they had that could have been amazing. And they dropped the ball. So two B minuses, a C, and a D plus. Before I go, I just want to say we're all kind of rewriting history a little bit. Uh, and I know that the first two weeks seems like a thousand years ago. But remember, over the course of the first two weeks, we saw three episodes. Because there were two episodes the first night. Oh, yeah. So everyone keeps on saying, I really enjoyed the first two episodes. <laughs> when in reality, we all enjoyed the first three episodes. So... It's, it was a little confusing because of the double premiere, and it is called Double Feature, and Maddie Fitz was hella confused about the whole double feature of it all, but, um, which I enjoyed picking on her about. But uh, she is also a blonde, so that explains a lot, right? Everyone's co-signing in their brain. It's okay. Whoa, whoa, whoa. <laughs> yes. I wanted the I reaction. The last picture I saw of her, I don't think she was She's a blonde in my mind. She's a dirty sure, blonde. Sure, <laughs> always and forever. Yes. Okay. I will agree with Priscilla, and I legit just want to copy and paste everything that she said, because that's exactly how I'm feeling. Four out of the six episodes for me were really good, and it's the exact same four that she liked and the exact same two that she hated. I hated the flashback episode and this one, but the other four were really good. So that means two-thirds, hey math... Um, I really enjoyed, I learned something in math class. Um, so two thirds, I actually really enjoyed, uh, the two thirds of the season that I really enjoyed had really great character moments. Maybe not everything that we theorized came true, but the acting, the cinematography, the music, everything was beautiful. I, I mean, Macaulay Culkin was a revelation a, a, an actor that I never thought would be a part of the American Horror Story family, and now is an actor that I can't wait to see what he does, hopefully, if he returns next time, uh, be, because he was just fantastic. So there were elements that I really enjoyed this season, but man, those highs, those beautiful highs of those four episodes for me, went to extreme lows in that flashback episode and in this uh, finale of this Red Tide story. So I will agree a B-, minus, and, and what's keeping it for me in the B territory are those highs of those four episodes that I really, really enjoyed. The, the promise in those episodes that just went <clears throat> with um, at least this finale. I mean, we can ignore that flashback episode. There's no way to ignore this finale. We have to acknowledge that it happened. And yes, it happened. 
So on that note, join us next time for a brand new installment of Are You Afraid? Double Feature. Well, technically it'll be part two, Death Valley. Here's our announcer to remind you on how you can interact with us. Follow Poppy Chula Radio on social media. We are on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, at Poppy Chula Radio. Do you have any questions, suggestions, comments, or concerns? Email us via contact at poppychularadio.com. Are you interested in joining the Poppy Chula Radio team as an on-air personality? Email talent at poppychularadio.com. Binge listen to your favorite Poppy Chula Radio programs by visiting poppychularadio.com slash archives. You can also download tonight's broadcast and the rest of the series through Apple Podcasts and Google Play. Just search for Are You Afraid? Double Feature. And subscribe. Thanks, announcer. My co-hosts, please wish the listeners a good night. Starting off with, um, he was a ray of sunshine, this podcast, Vinny. Have a wonderful night, everyone, and remember, we're going to clean up this town. Yes, we will. A new town, though. A town filled with aliens, I guess. Priscilla? I can keep Burger King out of this town. I can keep you out of this town, too. Good night, everybody. I guess she won't have it her way. Odina? You're all little chicken shits. Good night. Very true. And Maddie Fitz? Good night, everyone. And remember, I'm better than you. She is controversial, remember. (laughs) (laughs) Thanks for tuning in. Download new episodes of Are You Afraid? Double Feature Part 1, Red Tide. Every Friday via Apple Podcasts, Google Play, and the Poppy Chula Radio Archives. Good night.